Theme music, please. Aloha, I'm Mick Calber. How's it? I'm Bruce Omari, and you are... On, on Hawaiian, Hawaiian time. time. Hey, Bruce, what's this podcast all about? Beats the shit out of me. <laughs> 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 okay, throughout this podcast, Bruce and I, along with my trophy wife, Anne, and our illustrious producer, Tim, are going to talk story, unfiltered, about life in Hawaii. What it's like here on the Big Island, what it's like during volcanic eruptions, earthquakes, tsunami watches, even nuclear missile threats from North Korea. All the crazy things that happen out here. I've been shooting out here, shooting volcano mostly, other things too, since 1983. Uh, my wife won't give me Kamalina status because she was born and raised here. But um, Bruce, what do you got going on? Well, I was born and raised here on the Big Island. And I'm a professional photojournalist, so my focus of my work has been the volcanoes as well. I'm a lava junkie, and I'm kind of looking forward to sitting down and talking story over a cup of coffee and um, just sharing about life here on the Big Island, you know, from a local perspective. Sitting here in the Extreme Exposure Gallery in Hilo, I'm looking out over the bay and uh, just enjoying the, the pretty scenery. Annie, what's up? Aloha, I'm Anne. I'm an artist, and I love the creative energy here on the Big Island. I'm sitting here on our lanai in Leilani. We're about 25 miles um, south of Hilo, out in Puna. We call ourselves Punatics. Um, we've all got opinions. We've all got um, uh, views on stuff. It's been interesting to get together and bring a few people in that we know uh, to hear what they have to say. We've been back in our house now. We were evacuated from the um, eruption of 2018 and putting a lot of love into our home. We love it. Timmy, our transplant from Connecticut. What do you have to say for yourself? Well, you know, like Ann said, a lot of opinions in this show. Opinions are like assholes, as they say. Everyone's got one. <laughs> oh, oh, what a thing. What a thing. Uh, but not everybody's an asshole. <laughs> but everyone's got an opinion. No. But everyone has an asshole. that, right? <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I got to know Mick and Ann and Bruce really well over the past few years as we were documenting the 2018 historic eruption down here in Pune. And uh, the docu-series is coming out hopefully soon. It's almost done. Yeah, I, I got to know these guys so well. And they had such interesting and, and funny stories that, uh, you know, we said, let's do a podcast because I want to share these stories with people. I don't really want to talk. I want to hear the stories from Mick and Ann and Bruce because <laughs> that's what I've been doing the last few years. And uh Hopefully you guys out there like it too. I want to hear those stories too, Tim. Yeah. Hope Nick and Ann and Bruce have some good stories. Well, you guys have some good stories. I know that. And I'm going to try to pull those out. But I, I know there's going to be stories evolving throughout this time as well as we're all self-isolating. And my wife and I happen to be renting downstairs from Mick and Ann in uh, Leilani Estates here. So uh, it's an ongoing drama slash comedy dramedy going on here. Ultimately, we're entertaining ourselves. And if anyone else gets entertained or finds enjoyment out of this, that's a bonus. A podcast about isolating on the Big Island. <laughs> <laughs> Should be a lot of fun. And by the way, as you've noticed, we do use a few swear words once in a while. So we don't want anybody to be offended. If that's what offends you, then maybe this isn't for you. 
On today's episode, we're going to talk a story about life here in Hawaii, as we do. Not the typical tourist stuff, but uh, stuff about what it's like living here. Some of the crazy things that go on and, and just some things that people that uh, hear about Hawaii or think about Hawaii don't really know. I want to talk about some of the other things that make this place so interesting. Not just the volcanoes, but other natural phenomena. Earthquakes, tsunamis, even false incoming ballistic missile alerts. Oh, I remember that day. Mick, don't you? Yeah, I do. We didn't get the alert, but I remember it for sure. Oh, I haven't been here in Hawaii too long. I mean, I'm, a, I'm really a mainlander, so I'm going to jump in once in a while and ask you guys to clarify some things. I hope that's okay, and I apologize in advance if I'm mispronouncing something, but I'm pretty sure I'll get corrected. <laughs> Everybody got a cup of coffee? I do. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you drinking, awesome. Bruce? Kau coffee, of course. Kau, where is that? Southeastern uh, district of the Big Island. By South Point. Down yeah. near the southernmost part of the United States. What I really want yeah. to know is, Bruce, are you a coffee addict? Sure am. More oh, coffee, nice. Bruce? Nice. Yes. There's a lot of coffee farms out here, right, in the Big Island? Oh, yeah. Yep. Hamakua, Puna, Kau, Hilo, Kona, the big one, Kona. Anybody know how many farms there are about out here? Oh, my gosh. Do you know, Bruce? According to HawaiiCoffeeIndustry.com, there are over 630 farms in the Kona region alone. No way. Yeah, that's, that's a lot. But you've got Kau, Puna, Hamakua regions also growing. So that's a lot of coffee. And that makes me happy. <laughs> good coffee. <laughs> Bruce, you're in good company being a coffee addict. Did you guys know that Voltaire is said to have drunk 40 to 50 cups of coffee a day? Wow. I'm not sure what to say about that. Really? I'm speechless. <laughs> I think we can start calling Bruce Voltaire. I also read Teddy Roosevelt was reported to drink a gallon a day. Whoa! His son was quoted as saying, Dad's coffee mug was more in the nature of a bathtub. That's almost as much as Bruce drinks. <laughs> well, yeah, getting there. Bruce, I thought you wanted to talk about the natural phenomena. <laughs> well, I love to talk about coffee, too. <laughs> so let's get back on track a little bit here. I know that's hard, but um, we were going to talk about Big Island and kind of what makes this place unique. And when I hear Hawaii at least when I first did, before I first came here, I think vacation, I think white sandy beaches, Mai Tai on the beach, umbrella in my drink. It's like that everywhere in Hawaii, right? Well, you know, that's, it is. That's what's here. But there's a lot more going on here than that. But where we come from, the Big Island is probably the most rural of any of the islands, um, especially at where Mick and I and now Tim and Andrea are, Puna. They don't call us Punatics for nothing. What's um, interesting, you're not going to hear the, the, the mainland news. You're not going to hear the news out of Honolulu. It's, it's what the community is coming together and doing, talking about what we're doing, how we're doing it. And, um, yeah, I think it's interesting. Believe it or not, there are 10 out of the world's 14 climate zones that exist on this island. Some will say it's less, but it's, it's really diverse. Name them all quick. Oh, yeah, right. So you can, you can stand in Hawaii Volcanoes National Park and in the, right in front of you is a, a, a volcano that's been active off and on, but a very active in the last 35 years. To the right is Ka'u, which is semi-arid desert. To the left is rainforest. It's just, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And there's a golf course up there, too. Bruce and I and Tim like to go up there and play golf periodically. Yeah, love it. 
Yeah, our favorite course. Yeah, volcano. Wonderful place. But the, the climate here is, it's very temperate. The, the uh, temperature here only varies about five degrees year-round. Um, it's, it's so, so wonderful, especially in the wintertime. Right now, it's just amazingly beautiful outside. When it gets rainy, it gets chilly. Uh, but, you know, it's never so bad that we actually have to close the windows. So, uh, you know, we're in good shape there. And then in the summertime, it gets a little bit, a little bit warm and sticky in August and September. But, uh, man, it's the best weather in any place I've ever lived. Yeah, but if you're a, a winter person, what about living in Hawaii? I mean, you don't, you don't get snow here. We actually do get snow on top of Mauna Kea. Bruce, you've been up there shooting pictures up there, right? Yeah. At almost 14,000 feet, it gets pretty chilly up there during the winters. Uh, as we have storm systems roll in through, through the state, we have, um, yeah, we receive several inches of snow on average uh, on, the, on the summits. And uh, if we have successive storms roll on through, that can accumulate and we can get, you know, a foot or two of snow. And there's it's actually cool. skiing and snowboarding up there sometimes, right? Yep, there sure is. Crazy. I mean, when you say skiing and snowboarding, we're not talking chairlifts and stuff like that, are we? No, we're talking about um, pickup trucks and, you know, driving people from the bottom <laughs> back up to the top. It's a short run, but it can be actually fairly good. It's like spring skiing a lot of the time. Is it legal? Well, these days, I don't know. You know, it used to be that you could go up there and do that. And these days, I don't know. Can you still do that, Bruce? I, I know people still do. I don't know if it's legal or not. <laughs> Mine is. It's more like skiing and hiking. It is a little sketchy, yeah. though. I, I know people that have, that have hit rocks down there and landed on their head and put holes in their head, you know. So it's very dangerous. You have to be, you have to be very, very careful. You end up getting medevaced out, you know. Speaking of danger, what about, like, natural disasters? Do you get hurricanes here? Hurricanes. Well, I mean, I've been here oh, a couple yeah. of years. I haven't seen any hurricanes. The hurricanes come directly at this island. Every time they spin out of Mexico, Southern California, and they come straight for the big island. Every year they come, multiple hurricanes come straight. And we're, we're like, right at the side where it's going to hit, you know. The East Hawaii is the, where they come. But every one of them, I've been here for 35 years, every one of them spins off to the north, spins off to the south, we had one that was going to make a direct hit on Hilo. It got to Hilo, and it blew up. It just fell apart. It did come south. We did get some high winds out of it, but nothing like the hurricanes they've had in Kauai and other places. So um, I won't say we're exempt, but, you know, they don't happen here. They don't, really don't happen like they do other places. So we're lucky. Yeah. Whether it's the mountains or the cold ocean or Pele, the volcano, we don't know. But, you know, who cares? As long as they don't come. I think it's our mountains, Mauna Kea and Mauna Loa, that actually disrupt the airflow and uh, break down the, the hurricanes as they approach the island. But who knows? But that's not, what, just, the, that's not what the scientists say, Bruce. The that, scientists say yeah. if a hurricane wanted to come through here, it would come straight through. So yeah, I don't know. I, I've always been of the opinion that it's the water. We have a, a tremendous amount of rainfall here. And I always thought it was the cold water that comes off and goes out in the ocean because cold is known to dissipate hurricanes. But I don't know. Neither one of us probably knows, has any idea what we're talking about here. But. <laughs> 
What were we saying earlier? It's all about opinions here, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do we know? Hey, you guys, let's tell everybody about our new website. Right. On HawaiianTimePodcast.com. That's pretty long. You guys think you can remember that? On HawaiianTimePodcast.com. <laughs> but first, we have to mention that during this podcast, we may endorse products that we use and we love. And if you purchase the product, we may earn a little coffee money at no cost to you, of course. And we never back a product unless we really believe in it. Yeah, so it's a win-win. You get a good recommendation, and then Bruce gets more coffee, right? More coffee, Bruce? Yes, please. <laughs> we just launched on HawaiianTimePodcast.com, and we're pretty excited about it. Yeah, Ann and I have been doing a lot of research, and in addition to the audio component, there are a lot of other things that go into a podcast, like a companion website. Yeah, we've been using Bluehost's hosting platform for many years. I host a lot of websites that I build for clients on there, and they've been really great to work with and very reliable. If anybody's interested in any of the products that we use to get this podcast or website up and running, go over to our website, check out the show notes, and we'll have links in there and info and anything you need if, if you want to do this yourself. Check out our merch there, too. What have we got for them, Bruce? We've got T-shirts, stickers, mugs, and more. On HawaiianTimePodcast.com. So what kind of disasters do you have to worry about, if any, out here? I mean, we have volcanoes here, I know. Of course, there's eruptions. Tsunamis. Yeah. Volcanoes. <laughs> Earthquakes. <laughs> oh, that's all? Hurricanes. <laughs> Koki frogs. You know, that's funny too, Bruce. We've had disastrous tsunamis here, but it's yeah, been, it's been oh, what, 60 years now since we've had a big tsunami here. Yeah. So, uh, you know, knock on wood, right? Yeah, we're also overdue for that uh, disastrous um, eruption from Mauna Loa. Yeah. Way overdue for that one. Yeah, Mauna Loa, if it went in the right direction toward... Um, Ocean View Estates on the south end could reach the ocean before we even know it's happening. Could actually yeah. hit the ocean in six hours or something like that. Whoa. Very, very steep, and that puts out a lot of lava. Yeah, and, and Mount Aloha is the world's largest active volcano. You know, I think if any uh, substantial eruption occurs um, on Mount Aloha uh, for an extended period, we'd see a disaster of uh, untold proportions because of all the development we've seen, uh, you know, occur on the island uh, in the past 40 or 50 years. Shoots almost hit Hilo in 1984. I think every area has their own kind of disasters and you get used to or tuned into um, what's happening. I know that uh, a few years ago when we had the false warning that went out through everybody's phone that we were having an incoming uh, ballistic missile that uh, shot everybody sky high uh, with the alarm, I was bummed because I didn't get it on my phone. You know, it's like, I didn't uh -oh. either. Was, yeah, was, we're, tell everybody, but don't tell Mick and Ann. <laughs> Well, my um, phone has a filter that won't allow false reports to come through. <laughs> and, that was a, and that was a false report. When that missile alert came in, I happened to be uh, in a helicopter charter right above Pearl Harbor. So you can call it ground zero. That'd be the 
Dang. Uh, I guess the target, you know, North Korea, North Korea or China would aim at. Yeah. <laughs> so we were circling the Missouri and the Arizona at that time. And the pilot looks at me, Josh Lang is his name, pilot out of Turtle Bay. And he says, hmm, got a, a message saying that uh, there's an incoming ballistic missile. And this is not a test. <laughs> That's the crazy thing, that line, this is not a test. Yeah, crazy. And what went through your mind, Bruce? Uh, honestly, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet. But, but, you know, it, it's, it, it's kind of surreal because, you know, here you are circling, you know, we're right above ground zero and uh, we just kind of looked at each other and, um, no, there's not much that you can do if that was the truth. Yeah, I mean, if that was true, there's not much you can do at that point. So we just continued to circle the Arizona and the Missouri. And I kept shooting and it's like, well, you know, I was thinking oh, if the incoming missile uh, um, shows itself, then, you know, I'll take photos. I don't know if anybody will find my card or not. But, <laughs> did you see anybody, you know? did you see any activity scrambling on the ground or anything? You know, uh, yeah, funny thing is, you know, so we circled, make, made our couple passes over the Arizona and Missouri, and then uh, we had an order to land at the airport. So we landed um, at the, uh, along the hangars at, uh, along Lagoon Drive. And, you know, usually that place is bustling with activity because, you know, FedEx, UPS, and whole uh, slew of um, private uh, uh, airlines uh, operate out of that area. And, you know, there are planes with open doors and cargo bays and everything and not a soul in sight, you know? That was was the weirdest thing. But so we landed and all of us are on our phone and, you know, trying to find out what's going on. And uh, so Cheryl texted me and said, you know, have you guys heard about the incoming ballistic missile, you know? So I was like, you know, I, and my kids were texting me too and uh, trying to look at all the, the websites I could find on my phone. And, you know, CNN had nothing. And um, I think it was Rachel. She She's in Portland and she said that she um, saw a message from a guy that said that this was an error. And, uh, you know, that was before, way before anything came out from the state and uh, any other news source out of Honolulu. And um, so Josh and I just kind of decided, you know, we, we had landed, um, you know, we'll resume our flight and um, yeah, just took off, flew over Waikiki, Nobody on Waikiki Beach. <laughs> <laughs> I had never, oh, yeah, wow. I'd never seen that that place empty like that. And yeah, and then of course, by the time we landed, we find out that it was a false alarm. According to so, Wiki, but, the the alert happened uh-huh. at eight oh seven a.m. 
And uh, yeah. not until 8.20 a.m. were official messages refuting the emergency alert put out. But not until 8.45 uh-huh. a.m., some 38 minutes later, was an alert sent to smartphones again. So for a lot of people, 38 minutes between the time the this is not a drill alert went until yeah. they got another alert saying it was a false alarm. Crazy. But in that time, you know, I mean, all these thoughts are going through your head. You know, this is real, then. Basically, my life is over because we're so close to Pearl Harbor and, of course, Honolulu. Um, And how long? What's that noise? (laughs) I don't know. We can edit that noise out. Um, (laughs) Let me see if I can mute that. (laughs) Yeah, that was Mick. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was muted, my bad. <laughs> so how long do they say initially uh, a ballistic missile would take to get from North Korea to Hawaii? I thought it was something like 20 minutes or something. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. And um, I mean, there's not a lot you can do in 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, not a whole lot. Can't run very far, you know. And you got to hope that the, the U.S., the, the defense systems they have in place are actually going to knock that thing down before it gets to Hawaii. That's all you can really hope for at that point, I yeah. think. Yeah. Even if you shelter underground, I mean, the, the fallout from that be deadly. I mean, if you're in close proximity, of course. There is one other thing you could hope for, that the North Koreans aren't capable of firing a missile that would reach here. Yeah. That it would fall short, that it would be inaccurate. We don't want that to happen. I do have to say, you know, growing up in Hawaii, it seemed like when we were little, there'd be a tsunami, there'd be an earthquake somewhere, there'd be a, immediately, they didn't have the um, the warning system set up where they had the buoys that pick it up, you know, so immediately we'd get it. And it was just a good time, you know, our house was away from the ocean, so it would just mean all of uh, my parents' friends would come over with their kids, and it would just be a big slumber party and, and a big party, a good reason for a party. But a lot of times they were false, so it's like any warning that comes across to me, I just kind of wait and see, you know. Um, but... Um, you're, you know, Annie, you're, some people might not understand, too, that, when, that don't live here. When, when there's an earthquake around the world, it can generate a tsunami. Because we're in the middle of the Pacific, we're subject to tsunamis coming from all different areas all around us. And because we're, we're an island, we can get hit hard by the, the waves that come in. So, you know, the, the biggest tsunamis that have happened in Hilo, in Hawaii, have come from Alaska and Chile. So they can come from a long distance away just to understand the dynamic of the whole thing. The crazy thing about last week when we got a, a warning about a tsunami, I didn't get the first warning. I got the warning that said this: the warning has been canceled. You know, so it's, we get so used to our phones telling us everything going on, you know, that to rely on them sometimes gets a little bit it's scary, but, you know, you just kind of roll with the punches. Well, with that tsunami uh, watch last week, you know, a report came out shortly after saying that the watch didn't appear on the Pacific Tsunami Warning Center's website because the site was discontinued a month ago. (laughs) And it had been automatically (laughs) redirecting visitors to tsunami.gov 
But that redirect to that website expired on Tuesday. No way. And so total miscommunication. Somebody dropped the ball. So a lot of people didn't, like you said, Ann, know there was a watch till it was over. (laughs) People, the only way you could find out apparently was on Twitter. If you were following a certain um, Twitter account, that's a little crazy. That is crazy. Because the tsunami people here are, are, have been always been really big into that, and they've gotten better over the years. So to hear that they've you know dropped the ball was kind of bizarre. Yeah, I was mowing my yard. Cheryl called me. She said that there's a tsunami watch, <laughs> and in the middle of this this pandemic thing, right? It's like, what else can go wrong? <laughs> but, but I went to the Pacific Tsunami Warning Center website. It's one of um, uh, my bookmarks uh, on my phone. And uh, like you said, it wasn't operating. And I went to that other website, that new one, and uh, it said, no warning. No warnings or watches. <laughs> yeah. So that was that was kind of crazy, but for me, you know, um, I hate tsunami warnings because uh, it, it just means a whole lot of work for us at the gallery. We pretty much gonna empty out our gallery, move all the pieces out, and um, yeah, it's nuts. So every time we've got a warning or a watch, you know, then we we start preparing for uh, the watch turning into a warning and uh, then, you know, everything hits the fan. We got to get everything out of the shop. That's always uh, a huge red flag that goes up when a big earthquake goes off mm. somewhere. Yeah. You know, actually it was during a <laughs> uh, tsunami warning in 1985 that Annie and I first met. <laughs> yeah. That should have told us something right off. Oh, this is going to be a disaster, an impending disaster. So I had a gallery along with my first husband on uh, the corner of Wainui Nui and Keawe. And what's interesting is in the back of the shop, there is a watermark that shows how high the water went there. And it's always been something that's like, you know, part of history, what makes that that store. Um, And um, we actually got the warning And we had someone tell us that there was, oh, my father, who knew that the bank across the street from us had a vault. And so we got permission to open up that vault and run and put everything inside the vault. We had koa tables and mirrors and and original artwork. It was amazing. And in the middle of all this, and we're starting to bag up, here appears this young, handsome cameraman saying, will you do an interview with me? And so emphasis on the handsome yeah. part. And so I, um, of course, my husband at the time was kind of like, really, you know. But I stopped and gave my interview. We actually have a copy of it. Um, we're gonna have to we roll that clip from. in. Oh God! Wait, wait. Here it is. Here it is. I got it. I got it. Stand by. Here we go. Worried about the tsunami? Sure, sure. Thank you we packed up all our merchandise and we're uh, put it up for safe uh, keeping for a while. Uh-huh. And you're boarding up your doors? Yes, we're uh, hoping to seal off the bottom so if water gets up, it's high, it won't come in, rushing in. Uh-huh. Have you been through anything like this before? No. Growing up in Hawaii, I've heard a lot of them, but we've never come this close. Uh-huh. Are you, are you concerned? 
sure. Mm, nervous. Nervous. Okay, thanks a lot. Can you tell me your name? Anne, Anne Morehouse. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> Princess Leia. She was so beautiful. So what happened? No, no tsunami? No tsunami. We all went up to the... Well, there was a tsunami in my heart. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh. We drove up to the okay. top of Komohana and sat there, and there was a big splash on the, on the break wall, and later on we found out that was it, so... You know, not Annie and me. No, that was her first. Exactly. Uh-huh. We didn't run off, but I did a nice interview, and I thought <laughs> I gave him, you know, what he needed for the news, and and. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was. Yeah, I don't remember if they used it or not. They probably did. That was the start of something big. That was a pre precursor. Yep. Yep. What What is? I mean, Hilo has a pretty um, has, has quite a history in terms of tsunamis and. And devastating tsunamis. When was the last um, tsunami that really caused problems and damage? 1960, wasn't it, Annie? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The way the island is formed, uh, they say that it is like um, a funnel, uh, taking it straight into Hilo. And really, we've not had... I mean, you wonder about what the break wall could do if it was of any great force to bring all that uh, break wall straight into Hilo. So... You know, it's, um, once again, as we all know, it's nature that we can't stop. Um, it's bigger and better than all of us, so can't stop a tsunami. I'm reading a snippet from Hawaii Magazine about the 1960 tsunami, May 23rd, 1960, 1.05 a.m. The source of the tsunami was an 8.3 magnitude earthquake in Chile. Maximum wave height was 35 feet. $24 million in damages, which would be worth $171 million today, 61 deaths. It says the Pacific-wide tsunami was caused by the largest recorded earthquake in the 20th century. Unfortunately, many Hilo residents in the Bayfront area refused to leave their homes because of the relatively small damage caused by tsunamis in 1952 and 1957. Additionally, the first few of an eventual succession of eight waves were just over three feet, so people who had left low-lying areas returned. Subsequent waves would grow to be an overwhelming 35 feet. That's serious. Crazy. I have a friend that uh, used to live in the Waikiki area, um, and their home got taken by that 1960 tsunami. So he and his sister, I believe, got rescued um, by a fisherman in a boat in Hilo Bay. Wow. And, uh, yeah, his mom and dad died. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Mick's gone away, it says. He's, he's walked off. Oh. Mick, can you, Mick? I guess he went to go eat. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> he walked off somewhere. Mick, Mick, are you back with us? I am. Okay. Sorry. Well, no, I was trying to get the dogs food because they were crying. I had to go to the freezer. <laughs> I didn't think it would knock me off just walking downstairs, but it did. Sorry, what did I miss? Did I miss a great story from Bruce? Yeah, we yeah we were still talking about the tsunamis. You know, well, we can hear the microwave, Mick. Oh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's okay, carry on. Um, you know, one of the interesting things, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was 1960, that tsunami knocked um, a railroad engine completely off the tracks. Comple- a, a huge steam engine knocked mm-hmm. it completely off the tracks. It, it mangled the tracks going across the river. 
it was the devastation oh. was just unbelievable from that. You know, people people underestimate what tsunamis are and, and how they work. And it's not a wave. You know, it, it's yeah. it, it's the water gets sucked out. And then the and then the did you ever see the stuff from Japan, the, the tsunamis in Japan? Absolutely yeah. unbelievable. You know, yeah. rivers of, of cars and boats and buildings and being swept lines, just insane. It destroyed a very, very large part of, of Hilo. Um, several tsunamis have and done a lot of damage. People people don't realize it's been a long time. We're way overdue for a tsunami, you know. Yeah. So it seems obvious, but you know, what is the plan if you're if you get the tsunami warning and you're on the island? What slow. do you do? Go up away, away from the shore. Go, go out and pick up the fish when the water goes away. You know? <laughs> That's the truth. And they're actually yeah. and they're actually signs throughout, like downtown Hilo, that tell you when you're out of uh, the danger area that you're in high enough up that they can foresee. So, um, but yeah, go to higher ground. So I guess the uh, the plan is first to know if you're in a tsunami zone when you are in Hawaii and then know how to get out, know what your route out is. What's for dinner, Mick? Um, well, the dogs are having uh, chook, which Annie makes for them. It's uh, beef and, and uh, well, you should tell them, Annie, what it is. <laughs> I, I don't make it's it. It's a beef broth bone uh, base and then some rice and sometimes some vegetables with their kibbles. They eat well here. <laughs> That's right. Gourmet. What kind of dogs are they? We have two dogs. They are Bouviers, Bouvier Disflanders. Zilly and Zoom, and they allow us to live here. That's right. <laughs> we, call them, we call them designer dogs. Bruce, you've got dogs, right? Yeah, I've got three. I've got a 100-pound pit. Um, maybe a 40 to 50 pound. Um, she's a Labrador, supposed to be part wolf and something else. So basically a mutt. <laughs> part wolf. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, she's, she's 14 going on 15. And, yeah. Wow. And she's slowing down. And then we have a little guy. I think he's up. Part uh, Jack Russell, and uh, with the exception of Maddie, our oldest one, the Pit and the Jack Russell are rescues. Well, they adopted us, and uh, they rescued you. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. You know something I've I've observed in the little time that I've been on the island over the past couple of years is it seems like there's a lot of people with with pit bulls or part. Pitbull breeds. Oh. Is that just me or is that yeah, true? There's a lot of them. It's a popular breed. And sometimes they jump the fence. They're good guard dogs. They're right? good watchdogs, but they're very affectionate. And uh, it's all about mm. how you raise them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think it's twofold. You know, they're working dogs. So a lot of guys use them for hunting. But um, this, this pit bull that we have, uh, adopted our home and uh, yeah so he's been a member of our family for the past I think um, maybe eight years or something yeah and he's the most affectionate dog well put him on 
<laughs> yeah, put them on. <laughs> you can talk to Zilly. Uh, a dog cast. <laughs> That's right. I've got a joke for you. Oh. Are we ready? Ready? Oh, boy. The joke of the podcast? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm sitting in the living room the other day, and my wife yells at me from the other room. She says, hey, Mick, did you ever get a shooting pain across your body like somebody's got a voodoo doll on you and, and they're stabbing at it? I thought, whoa, wh- where is this coming from? I said, no, I, no, I haven't. She says, well, how about now? <laughs> but a boom. But a bing. Okay. Moving on. The, right on. The man. pins that I have are for sewing. They're not for. <laughs> yeah, sure, honey. Sure, honey. Ah, so I think this is a good place to find our secret sweepstakes word. I think a it's going to be. Sweepstakes word. Yes, voodoo. Voodoo. Voodoo, voodoo is voodoo. the secret nice. sweepstakes word you do. for this voodoo. podcast. <laughs> do what? Voodoo. Okay, so what's it all about, Jim? <laughs> okay, so I guess this is a good time to let everyone know about our sweepstakes or contest. Or anyway, we're giving away some secret prizes for each of our first three episodes. To enter the contest, go to onhawaiantimepodcast.com. You'll see this, the button right there on the homepage, enter the contest. Um, it'll ask you a few questions. One of the fields, you'll need to fill in the secret word. And this secret word for this episode is voodoo. Tell them what they've won, Don Pardo. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're going to have to go to the website and see. Ooh. It's kind of a potluck. Yeah. And uh, while supplies last, because if you pick up this episode a year from now, this contest may well be over. Again, episode one, secret sweepstakes word is... Voodoo! Voodoo. Going to put it on that you. Was a, that was a very good rendition. <laughs> I'm Googling how to end a podcast. When and how you should end a podcast. 20 minutes ago. (laughs) (laughs) When you you run out of content, this is when you should end a podcast. When you run out of content, when you lose the passion, when you need to make room for something else, and when you've tried everything else. Or when somebody starts making noise in the kitchen. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Or when when somebody walks downstairs and you lose the connection. (laughs) Hey, guys, so if you like this podcast, rate us and share with your friends. We'd love to hear from you. Give us a review. And please tell your friends, family, even strangers on the street. Let them know on Hawaiian time. If you're enjoying it, if you're not, then... Fuck it. Oh, well. (laughs) Someone, please, if you enjoy this podcast... (laughs) (laughs) Help, I'm being being held captive on a (laughs) podcast called On Hawaiian Time. (laughs) Okay, try again. Hey, Tim, how do I find out more about the podcast? If you go to onhawaiantimepodcast.com, you're going to find everything you need to know about subscribing to this podcast. There's links there to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and a bunch of others. There's show notes and links to things that we've been talking about, also links to social media pages. Plus, we've got some great merch for sale, and we're running a contest for some free stuff while supplies last. A big mahalo goes out to our logo designer, Joel Marcus of M Inc. And Jamie Colazzo of Silverline Sound, who mixes our podcast. You can check all of this out and more at our website on hawaiantimepodcast.com. And whatever podcast platform you're listening on, please subscribe if you haven't already. Give us a review and rate us. That will really help us get noticed and you can single-handedly help us out. I'm Mick Calbert. I'm Bruce Amari. I'm Ann Calber. And I'm Tim Coakley. Aloha. Sorry, I blew it.
on Hawaiian time.